the late night anger management classes. We welcome in our countless AM radio affiliates in the late night hours. What's up? We're doing it. The countdown is on. We got a full house uh, this evening. Teddy, aka Teddy Covers, going to step up and in and join us uh, tonight. Uh, Russ Baxter's kicking with us. So we're going to get into some uh, you know great football talk uh, with Russ. Uh, dude, no, another football encyclopedia. In fact, great guest. Uh, Mike Dettelier last night uh, kicked some serious ass. I know he was a, a very popular interview uh, last night. And Drew Martin, speaking of popular. Yeah, Drew's like, um, I don't know, Drew's like Dave Grohl and like the Foo Fighters, Drew Martin. Like, everybody likes Drew. Like, you know, everyone loves Raymond. There could be a sitcom. Everyone loves Drew. Who doesn't like Drew Martin? So, yeah, Drew Martin's going to throw it down with us. And uh, we're going to find out. I'll ask Drew. Drew's an Auburn guy, and I know, like, the SEC, I don't know, it seems like the SECers all sort of stick together, but I doubt that, like, Auburn and Alabama stick together. And as much as it pains me, being a Michigan guy, is the fact that, you know, I'm probably going to be betting on Ohio State. And if if I'm going to be betting on Ohio State, it means, if I'm going to be betting on these guys, it means that, I'm probably going to have to pull for them, right? <laughs> so, a little bit of a problem here. But, you know, you're only as good as your rival. It's it's an interesting conversation to have. It's an interesting debate uh, to have. You're only as good as your rival. Part You know, part of you wants to see your rival lose. But I'd rather see my rival lose, like, early. As opposed, like, if your rival, if, you know, your rival gets their ass handed to them in a title game, and you're not even as good as your rival, then what does it say about you? Like I said, you are the company that you keep. You are who your friends are. You're also, you're also, you know, you are who your contemporaries are, right? You are who your your rivals are, uh, so to speak. So I think it's an interesting debate. We'll get uh, your thoughts on that. We're going to get the crew's thoughts on these games. I love getting different perspectives on these games, but nobody's changing my mind. I know what I'm doing with the Buffalo Bills. I'm laying the points because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. 6,700 members of Bills Mafia will be in attendance. First game all year, Bills will have fans at uh, in Buffalo. And I'm glad it's not 67,000 because I actually do think that would throw them off. We don't need fans being a distraction. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. The Thursday night's a throwdown. 
It's a triple threat uh, Thursday night uh, throwdown uh, this evening as uh, we're kicking it. We've got Teddy Covers stepping up and in. We got Russell Baxter kicking it with us. We got Drew Martin Betts throwing it down as well. We welcome the SiriusXM satellite radio audience, Channel 204. Uh, we're back, and a man that uh, joined us for years on uh, Sirius Satellite uh, Radio on another on another gaming uh, platform and another website. And I said earlier, Teddy, I said earlier, Teddy, I said, man, you know, it's great to be back on Sirius. We've been on Sirius XM a lot uh, over the years, but you can't, you know, don't ask me what channels, don't ask me what numbers, all right? I think maybe like 98, maybe, 186, yeah. 98, two, two, whatever, I don't know. A lot of them, but sort of like you, it's like, I don't know, how many websites uh, have you been with? How many different, like, companies have you been with over the years? Do you actually have a count? <laughs> Marency. So, yeah, we used to be on 98 back in the day. It was you know? 98, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one uh, That's the one that I remember, at least. Um, because yeah. it was next to Howard. So that we click yeah, off of Howard and, and then come on to us. Um, yeah, which Exactly. Was nice. <laughs> but, yeah, you know uh, I mean, so I mean, for, but from a yeah, from a like company standpoint, I really haven't. Been, I've, I've basically been with you know a couple of companies the whole way that I've been in Vegas. It's not like I've, I've bounced around from media outlets. I've been on a million media outlets. I couldn't even list. You know, I, I was trying to come up with a list of, and uh, there were so many I, I couldn't come up with it. Uh, but from in terms of who I've been representing here in Vegas, there really hasn't been all that much. I haven't bounced around. I'm not one of these cameras that's been at 50 different sites over the years. I've kind of, uh, you talk slash sports memo. Most of the yeah, way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not insinuating that. Exactly. I'm not saying you're Johnny come lately and, uh, you know, you're a drifter or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't insinuating that. So, you know, wager talk sports memo. And I swear, man, it's like every day. We have like a wager talk guy, and it's not even by design, but it seems like, you know, it's quite the arsenal of cappers uh, that you guys have at Sports Memo and uh, Wager Talk. You know, Steve Merrill's a regular. Tony Finn, uh, McInnes, uh has become a regular uh, with us. Uh, so, you know, congratulations on all the success. So let's get down to business and enough, um, enough going down memory lane. Although I will say this, and I brought it up earlier when we were on, just, you know, great memories actually on – um, HSR channel 98 and I'll never forget you know that great um, that great sports gaming convention get together that we had when everybody we all met up in uh, in Vegas uh, Dave Malinsky Mark Lawrence Teddy Cover Steve Merrill uh, Cam Stewart and myself and uh, we had some epic shows and an epic uh, epic weekend that weekend many years ago Teddy yeah and, and, and the beauty of it is that I know that it happened I know I was there in terms of my memory. Just a little bit fuzzy on that one. Yeah, I remember pretty much everything except up to about halftime of that uh, Beaver UNLV game. Anything after that, anything tells you it's a lie. <laughs> anything after that is a lie, all right, Teddy? <laughs> anything is a lie. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's get down to business uh, here. I am a Buffalo Bill fan, and last year the Bills were in the playoffs, and I really wasn't – I was happy they were in the playoffs, but – I wasn't, you know, oh, you know what, they're going far. When they lost, I was upset because I lost my bet. But at the time, 
I actually said, you know, it's part of the learning process for them. They need to learn to lose in the playoffs. It's part of it in the National Football League. So now they have home field right now, and everybody's basically got them going to the Super Bowl. Nobody even talks about the Kansas City Chiefs anymore. Oh, Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. Uh, what's your take on this? Is this just a big Buffalo trap this week, this game? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> uh, and and it, it, it's certainly – We'll call it a sharp square divide game, okay? All the Joes are on Buffalo and all the pros are on Indy. And I think of all the games this weekend, it might be the clearest sharp square divide game of the bunch where, you know, at least here in Vegas, it's very clear. You know, there's only one side where we're seeing the sharp money come in, and that's on the Indy side. And... When you handicap the game, you look at this Buffalo team, and yeah, <laughs> you know, I've got them ranked number three in my power ratings. I have them behind the Chiefs and the Saints. But when you talk about betting bandwagons, KC has no betting bandwagon. They've been a bad point spread team, they haven't covered numbers at all. Over the back half of the season, they haven't been winning by margin. Buffalo has been a point spread monster <laughs> down the stretch. Yeah. So there's an enormous betting bandwagon with the Bills. But I honestly, if I was going to play this game, I would absolutely be on the square side. All right? You know, I say, oh, well, the sharp square divide game, you have to play with the pros. <laughs> no, you don't. Pros lose, too. They lose every yeah, week. Yeah. They lose every, you know, it's not uh, – it's little edges over time when you talk about the professional approach to sports betting, which means they're very happy making 52, 53, 54, 55% wagers. Okay. That doesn't mean that all those are going to win. <laughs> you know, when you win 11 out of 20, you make profit over the long term. You don't win every game or close. So, in a situation like this, where I look at Buffalo and I say maybe they still are an undervalued commodity because they're not getting the market respect. And their season-long defensive numbers lie. You know this, Gabe. The defense in September was mediocre. In October, it was mediocre. That was a good defense down the stretch. McDermott's a defensive guy, and they figured it out over the back half of the campaign. But the season-long stats say Indy's got the better D. And in the postseason, when you have a team with the better defense that's catching a touchdown, they tend to get a fair bit of wise guy support. I'm not convinced he has a better D today. Are you? I'm not. No, I think they were earlier in the year against some subpar opponents yeah. and not to take anything away from the talent that they have in Leonard and company, et cetera. But, I mean, this is the same D. I don't know, the big vaunted D that let Pittsburgh come back from a 24-7 deficit, Teddy, right? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they, you know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've seen teams make plays on them. So, Buffalo... I, don't you get the feeling, though, Teddy, that Buffalo takes that next step right now? That they've yes. been down this road before, and that you know, I'm not saying it's the Jim Kelly stuff, but I almost get that feeling. Remember in the old days when they just tattooed the Raiders, tattooed the Dolphins on the way to the Super Bowl? I'm not saying they get to the Super Bowl, but I get the feeling they're in line for like a you know a 34, 38, 24 type win. I like the over, Teddy. Uh, talk to me about this. The number's coming down, and I've heard everyone, oh, it's going to be cold. I get it, 28 degrees, but that's not football cold. That's real people cold. That's not football cold. Maybe for Philip Rivers, but 
Why are people betting it down? Is it because they think of the weather, Teddy? Because weather's not going to be that much of a factor. It's not like windy or anything. Uh, I think the game goes over. What's your take? So there's a couple of reasons why we're seeing under money here. And the biggest one, and again, this is when you talk about midweek total money on the under, okay, this is not <laughs> uninformed money. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This isn't exactly. recreational yeah, yeah. betters that are coming in on I the I hate under, the term you know? sharp money and all that all the time, Teddy, but you're exactly right. When it's a total on like <laughs> Sunday night earlier in the week, that's not Johnny at Buffalo Wild Wings that just put his 50 buck bet in. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But the key is what are they thinking? What's the thought process? Because knowing what the line Correlated. is, the Jonathan isn't Taylor the same runs the ball all day. Why yeah, the line? That Jonathan Taylor runs and the money's coming out of the under Taylor for this runs game the ball. Because, the, well, they're expe- there's a couple things. All right. Number one is I don't know that for sure you trust Philip Rivers in cold weather. <laughs> and Indy certainly has been an under team down the stretch, uh, playing, running the football and relying on their defense. So well, when you have Patty. postseason totals in the 50s, I'm not surprised that we're seeing some under money for a cold weather game. So the Rivers back. Hey, the other hey, thing, they talk about the Bills defense. Got hold better. on, Daddy. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Bring it. Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know about them. Keep it here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Oh, what's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gable Berenci throwing it down with the one and only Teddy Covers. Sportsmemo.com, Wager Talk TV in the house. All right, we got to get to all the games, so we'll move on from the Buffalo Indianapolis game. But I just we we're just talking about that total, Teddy. And, you know, the, the big thing is, oh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to run the ball. I just don't see the Buffalo Bills offense collapsing in this game. Maybe a collapse happens down the road. Maybe it happens next week. Maybe it happens uh, in in two weeks at Kansas City. But I don't think it happens this Saturday against Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, so. The Bills' offense—they're still—they're not a great running team, okay. And if they come up against someone in the postseason that can effectively keep Josh Allen in the pocket and effectively defend their receivers, I, I think the Bills are uh, will have an off game offensively. I'm not convinced Indy's necessarily that team, but the key is you're for Buffalo, both for side and for total in this game. Field goals versus touchdowns. You know, when the Bills score TDs, man, <laughs> they're, they're not going to be stopped and their yeah. games fly over the total. 
But when they're settling for three, when they can't execute in the red zone, uh, that does not bode well for their chances covering in this point spread range. The Los Angeles Rams number's down to three right now. This is the game that people are most scared of when I ask them, Teddy, all week about. Well, I don't know. This is one's really tough. And it was four and a half down to three right now. And, you know, I brought it up off the intro uh, at the intro of the show. Rams are getting healthier. Cooper Cup, uh, Whitworth, Brockers, uh, Jared Goff back practicing right now. I know they're playing coy as far as Goff is concerned, but Goff is going to play. How effective is he going to be? That's another story. Points spread down to three right now. What do you make of this at a really low total at 42 and a half? So when it comes to postseason football, there are some lessons that over the years I've had to get drilled into my brain the hard way. One of those lessons is very clear. All right. You don't back a team in the playoffs whose quarterback isn't right. All right. <laughs> you don't back a team in the playoffs uh, who doesn't have their starting quarterback. Goff's back at practice. I don't know if he's going to go. Maybe he goes. The guy just had thumb surgery. Thumb surgery. That's hard to say. Say that ten times fast. Thumb surgery. Thumb surgery. Uh, thumb surgery. <laughs> ten days ago. He's got pins in his thumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not like we trust golf against good defenses anyway. It's not like it's a Rams team. Look, the Rams have a Super Bowl caliber defense. They have a defense that's capable of winning games and covering point spreads by themselves. That's what they did last week. But in the playoffs, you want a quarterback who can make plays. And of all the units on the field, the undervalued commodity in that game is Seattle's defense. All right, the Seahawks' defense, which was atrocious over the first two months of the campaign, was a top-five defense down the stretch. But again, the season-long stats don't show that. What do the betting markets react to at this stage of the campaign? They react to season-long stats, and the season-long stats of the Seattle Seahawks are lying. So uh, I would look at Seattle here well before I look for L.A. And I do believe in the Rams' defense. I do believe in the Seahawks' defense. If I had to play the total in that game, I'd probably be looking at the under. But that just feels like a bad beat waiting to happen. You know, someone's going to score a touchdown late in that game and kill the over. I can smell it already. Uh, this game, man, I don't know, Teddy. It's one of these games where it wouldn't shock me if it, like, surprised everybody and it's 21-21 at the half. And, or it wouldn't shock me if it was, like, one of those Rams Seahawks. And it's 9-6, guys, with three minutes left. You know I mean? <laughs> it's just like, a, like, honestly, it's one of those deals. And I thought you were going to say, too, if there's one thing you learn, you know, is betting against Russell Wilson at home in the playoffs as well, right? Especially early in the playoffs, uh, what, 6-1 and one last seven opening round games? Seattle Seahawks have won 10 straight home playoff games, 7-3 and three against the number. And, man, this number's down all the way down to three, Teddy. Everyone, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's uh, going yeah. on here. Why are they begging you? Why are they begging us to take Seattle so badly here? Because, you know, this, yeah, so this is how it works, not, all right? Like, the, the, read between the lines? No. Reading between the lines? I don't. No, you don't buy. No. You know, you know that theory. Well, that that, there are about, situations like, where oh, I do. They're begging this. us. This isn't one of them, all right? There are trap games, but this is a game that opened four and a half, and the wise guys like the dog. And, and what they're bet the reason they're betting the Rams is because Goff's back at practice, and L.A.'s defensive stats are better than Seattle's defensive stats. 
That's why the money's coming on uh, L.A. It has well, nothing to do sucks. with dating. <laughs> yeah, he does, but he's their starting quarterback. You're going to rank Goff high. The, the, mar- the betting markets react to injury info knee-jerk. Yeah. All right? It doesn't matter if Goff sucks. Goff's the starting quarterback. The starting quarterback's in. Boom, the money comes for that team. It's just the way the NBA betting markets are the NBA. Sorry, I got the <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking NBA right now, even though we're talking NFL. (laughs) Uh, Even though the uh, the uh, that's just how. But it's the same story in the NBA. That's why I said that's how the NBA betting markets work. You can look at you know the the games from uh, this past night where oh the Nets are sitting everyone and the money pours in on Philly and what happens? You know the Nets win the cover. I mean, it's like clockwork. That's the way the markets move. They react to information and they bet whether it's correct or incorrect. That's just the way that they do it. So this is one of those trap games where the lines makers set the line really low. This is one of those games where the markets themselves have moved from the opener with what I consider to be something of a knee-jerk reaction betting on L.A. Teddy Covers kicking it with us. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sports Rage on Late Night. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates, including Sirius XM, Channel 204. So, Teddy, John Sheeran um, is the, um, the sportsbook director of FanDuel, and I get it. And you know the Las Vegas model, you know, the corporate model of the casinos is basically we don't care who wins, right? We're trying to get action on both sides. And But the modern books, like the DFS guys, the DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, you know, and he said this specifically at, on our network, and he said, you know, somebody asked him, they said, oh, the number moved two points, a lot of money. And he said, no, I don't know about money. He said, no, we got reports about the injuries. And he said, we don't move. He said, we're, we don't really move numbers because of money. And he said, I know like the old model is to try to get action on both sides. He said, that's not our model. Our model is we set a number. And if you don't think it's a good number, then beat it. And he said, when you see a number move at FanDuel during the week, it's not, oh, the Sharps. It's that, no, we were projecting injuries or we found out about injuries. And I found that to be interesting. So and I just see that this week with the Rams, that it was four and a half, Teddy. I'm not saying nobody bet on it as well. I mean, every book is different. But I'm just saying FanDuel does have a different approach. The modern book, they're not, I don't know, they're more risk adverse. You know, these Wall Street hedge fund guys. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, no, we'll take the bet. We're not really looking to get both sides. Um, I, it's an interesting new concept, Teddy. It is. And and look, as a better, all I ask for, you know, I guess it's a couple things I ask for, you know, I ask for people to take my bets, you know, (laughs) you you don't want to get banned from books. All right. That's never good as a better when the books won't take your action anymore. All right. So the goal is to have places to bet. (laughs) But the other thing you want is line variance. You don't want every book to have the same number all the time. Yes. And when one book says, hey, we're not reacting to the markets, we're not reacting to the wise guys, we're reacting to our info and our algorithms, to me, that's fantastic news for betters. You're exactly right. And that's the way it should be. You know, that's the definition of being able to go shopping. And that's the definition of being a bookmaker, taking a bet. Uh, and that's the definition of being a, a better, looking for the best line uh, as well. But you get worn out, a lot of people, because ah, well, it's all the same all the time anyways, everywhere. Props will be a little different. I know it's the touchdown score props. The odds are different. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough game. We can go on and on about the uh, the Seattle 
and, and Rams game. So let's lead into um, let's lead into the Saturday nighter here with Washington, in which we've convinced ourselves wholeheartedly on this show. Uh, like people during our commercial breaks are are going to the bank machine and going to the sports books to load up on Washington. I'm like uh, I might as well be in the room hyping <clears throat> these guys up, but I'm concerned. I am concerned, but there's a lot that I like about this matchup. I mean, am I crazy to think that this defense can not just slow Brady down, but make plays, you know, tip ball leads to an interception, opportunistic, and and then they just sort of get rolling. Antonio Gibson gets in a little bit of a groove, little dink and duck. The Buccaneers have been bad against little short passes all year in the slot and stuff. They're beat up and, you know, they've never had a good secondary and they're missing guys as well. Any hope in hell Washington can cover this game, Teddy, in your opinion? Well, there's always a hope in hell. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, uh, there's, a, there's two sides to anything. I'm a pessimist, game. all right? I'm a pessimist, okay? <laughs> but, I mean, if Tampa gets to 28, Washington's not covering this game. You know? Uh, I, know. Uh, so I mean, 24? Yeah. Yeah, that's about, I mean, it's hard for me to picture the Washington football team getting a whole lot more than 20 in this game. It's not like Tampa's defense is garbage. You know, but if Washington is going to hang tough and potentially pull the outright upset on Saturday night, it's going to have everything to do with the defensive front, and it's going to have everything to do with the fact that even though Tom Brady is a cold-weather QB, let's see if a 43-year-old Tom Brady who's been living in Tampa all year is still the same cold-weather QB. That's an interesting. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. think of us as just sports talk think of us as a full immersion crash course in sports news you can use you listen you learn get the winning edge this is the sports grid radio network i'm a rageaholic (laughs) i just can't live without (laughs) rageaholic Late night anger management class. We're throwing it down. We're kicking it Sirius XM style. Channel 204. Teddy covers uh, with us. Uh, Russ Baxter is going to join us a little bit uh, later on. We'll get into uh, the NFL playoffs and specifically the Cleveland uh, Pittsburgh game uh, with Russ and more. Drew Martin bets will focus in on the national championship game. I look forward to Teddy's take on that as well. Time always flies when Teddy is on. So let's just keep the conversation rolling. Uh, right now you know are you buying in so as you mentioned you know Tom Brady is sort of legendary and you think of all those Patriot games in the snow and bad weather and all that but that was a long time ago he keeps talking about oh I'd never even live in the Northeast ever again let alone play there he seems to be like scared of cold weather now he is getting old and let's just be real I hate to say this as a Michigan fan but he's a wuss all right, you get in this guy's face. All the TB12 products can't save his ass. I, you know, I believe in Chase Young, dude. And Tampa's offensive line isn't great, Teddy. I think Washington really can get some pressure on him. 
if there's pressure in Tom Brady's face, the Washington football team is live to win the game. All right. Um, so I moved from Michigan to Las Vegas, which isn't even as warm as South Florida. And I remember going back. It didn't take one year. And I was in my 30s when I moved out here. Brady's in his 40s. I went back the next year for Thanksgiving. It wasn't even cold yet. <laughs> and my body chemistry had changed to the level that I was. You know, I did not function right. <laughs> so I'm not convinced that the warm, that the cold weather Tom Brady from years past in Foxborough is the Tom Brady we're going to see on Saturday night. You know what? It's crazy, Teddy. I, I agree how it's amazing how it's all relative. You know, I'm, I'm from you know, extreme cold East Coast as well. And I used to be able to deal with it, play hockey outside, no problem. Uh, now I guess I could deal with it if I had to on a game show and you paid me, but I don't want to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to. Uh, you know, New York's not that bad. It's windy in New Jersey, you know, the big, and New York with all the buildings, it creates these wind tunnels and stuff. It's not the end of the world, but I prefer the West Coast, and I, I totally get it. Listen, weather's not going to win the game for Washington, right? Alex Smith, and I got to tell you, though, Dr. Chow was with us earlier tonight and on Game Time Decisions, and Dr. Chow, who's a big Alex Smith fan, said he doesn't think Smith's going to make it through the game. Like that he is buying in. And we're talking about a guy who was a doctor for 17 years in the NFL. And he said that for sure there'll be two quarterbacks. He doesn't think Smith can play every play in that game. And I respect I mean, Dr. Chow consistently gives good info. All right. He's yeah, early weekend. Uh, someone who I exactly. absolutely respect his opinion. You know, so that's, you know, which speaks to the under perhaps on Saturday night as well. Yeah, I keep coming back to 24-20, 24-17. You know, like that, that that type of game that would lead would lead to the under. The under! All right, um, does Lamar Jackson win his first playoff game? 5-0 run right now uh, since he came back from COVID, averaging 37 points a game. And I know the critics will say, well, they haven't played anybody. They played bad teams. Well, Tennessee's defense is bad. Uh, so they'll play another bad team here. Total sits at uh, 54 and a half. And Teddy, I'm not overthinking it. Call me uh, square all you want, but I've been riding this Ryan Tannehill overtrain. It's like, what, 23 and six now? I mean, and they don't get pressure. Now, aren't both teams going to go up and down the field? But I, I personally think Baltimore do get revenge this time around. So. What do we have? A couple of weeks ago, that that Browns Ravens game that was forty-seven to forty-two. You know yeah, the one I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, where Baltimore's offense was more than capable of moving the football up and down the field all day, and Baltimore's defense wasn't capable of stopping a, a, a multi-faceted attack. Tennessee's offense is no joke. All right. <laughs> you know the Ravens have already seen it this year. They gave up thirty. To the Titans. Derrick Henry blew, you know, beat him up in overtime. And that was a game when these two teams met. It was 30-24. to 24. Between them, they were just three of nine at scoring touchdowns in the red zone in that game. And they got to 54. <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> Tennessee's defense is what number? I know they're bottom four. I forget if they're bottom two. I think they're bottom two in red zone defense. 
they give up touchdowns. The uh, the worst third down defense in the NFL is the Titans. Uh, I too think that Baltimore gets off the Schneid, but the Titans' offense is unstoppable. You know, it really is. You look at what they've done down the stretch. It's the best offense in the NFL. It's not close. Sorry, Kansas City. Sorry, Buffalo. You know, when you have Derrick Henry, who's capable of both the power and the speed, when you have two game-breaking receivers, you know, in Brian Brown's amazing. Davis is a monster. These are not second-tier wide receivers. These are number one guys. You know, it's a – it's a really tough offense to stop, and I don't know if Baltimore has the D to do it. So uh, I'm looking shootout in early action on Sunday. I tell you, this is you and I, old school <clears throat> arena guys. This is a track meet shootout and arena football style. Which defense comes up with that turnover? Which defense comes up with that stop? Which quarterback turns the ball over, right? I mean, this could be, you know, both teams could score five times each in this game easily. Like, you know, a couple of stop, a stop here and stop there, just like the arena league can be the difference in the world. Yeah, but the one difference between this and arena is we're not getting into the 120s here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chicago, well, Chicago Bears and the Saints aren't getting into the 120s, I'll tell you that. But I actually do like the over 47.5. I think the Saints will be efficient and put points up on the board. Uh, Chicago's uh, beat up. Roquan Smith, uh, that's a big loss on defense. The Saints' offense isn't as flashy as it was, but it's still efficient, Teddy. And and since Chicago's going to be playing from behind, I think they'll be able, you know, their team total is 17 and a half. Feels a little light to me. I'm buying in if this game goes over to 47 and a half. Sits at nine and a half right now with the Saints. Not a lot of people seem to want to buy into the Bears. What's your opinion on this one? I'm not buying into the Bears. The Bears stink. The Bears are the worst team in the playoffs. You know, bar none. Not close. Um, <laughs> hey, well, right, I guess right, Washington is right. close with Washington. I don't set the numbers, Teddy. I'm just telling you the number. You know, the Bears have a, uh, for the entirety of the season, they have one win against an opposing playoff team. That came by one point. They got Tom Brady early in the season on a short week with travel. And you remember that game? They won, what, 20 to 19? That's the win that Chicago has against the playoff team this year. We saw them last week in a must win game against the playoff team in Green Bay. At home, must win. And you saw what happened. They were not good. They weren't competitive in that game. They're not competitive with elite teams. And oh, by the way, the Saints who've been missing three of their top four receivers for the last, what, month plus? I don't even know how long Michael Thomas has been out. They're all supposed to be Forever. back on Sunday. Yeah. That's why I like the – what about the over? I think the Saints – and the Saints won't let up either. I don't think the Saints, like, you know what I mean? In the playoffs, they've had some failures themselves. I'm not saying they're just a college game uh, where, the, you know, they need to put up 60, but I think the Saints will get into the 30s, Teddy, and, and it gets there. <laughs> it's tough. I keep coming back to, like, 33 – 33-17, 33-20, maybe a little higher, 37-17 type thing uh, with that one. Well, I mean, if uh, you that's... look at the track record of the Saints in the postseason, and I can go back 10 years here, they scored 20 against Philly, 23 against the Rams, 24 against Minnesota. Uh, they scored 15 against Seattle, 26 against Philly. I know. Uh, so you got to go back to and 2011. And they lost a lot of these games. 
Yeah, you got to go back and to 2011, if, the last time that they, uh, they 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 got to 30 in a playoff game. So um, it hasn't been, you know, they they have, I would say, pretty dramatically underachieved in the playoffs, given you know how good some of these uh, Saints teams have been. Yeah, that's why I'm sort of thinking there'll be a different edge. I'll tell you what, if they score 20 points, it's not going to be easy to cover uh, nine and a half. Uh, Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, one of the most one-sided so-called rivalries uh, in sports, but it has been. And now you've got Cleveland without their coach. How much stock do you put? How much, like, what do you make of, um, what's your value of Stefanski not being there? So it really is a fascinating handicap here. All right. Because there's issues. It's not just Stefanski, okay? Stefanski's a play caller. He's not going to be calling the play. So you have a first-time play caller. For Cleveland, you have a special teams coordinator as their head coach. You have other coaching issues. You have offensive line concerns now uh, for the Browns. We don't know if Denzel Ward's going to go uh, this week. There's, it's not one issue with Cleveland. It's a whole bunch of issues with Cleveland right now. And of course, they haven't practiced, uh, which is not something you want leading into the franchise's first playoff game in however many years uh, that it's been. The question is, what are the Steelers? You know, is Pittsburgh that team that started 11-0? and Or is Pittsburgh a team that pretty much, I mean, uh, they got the win against Indy they needed. They played a half of football against the Colts. Uh, but that's about the only half of football they played in the last month. <laughs> you know, do we trust Pittsburgh to cover numbers in this range? And I brought up uh, Sean Payton's track record, you know, and the Saints. You want to look at a bad track record in the postseason, look at Pittsburgh since their last. Super Bowl appearance back in 2010. It's been, I think they have one playoff win during that entire span. Yeah, 2016, they beat Miami 30-12. to That's the only win by more than a field goal during that entire span for Pittsburgh. So it's not like Tomlin's been covering numbers uh, in January either. You know, do they, look, Ben Roethlisberger 12-0. I know he hasn't had a great year, or at least you know, second half of the season, so to speak, but I sort of think it's somewhere in between. I don't think they're an 11-0 caliber football team, but I I think they will be better. I think Smith-Schuster should probably shut up and stop talking about how the Browns are a bunch of nobodies. Um, So, yeah, Schuster says, says, yeah, the Cleveland Browns, whatever. He goes, they're a bunch of, like, um, gray faces. We don't know who they are, but he goes, they have a couple of good players, and that's about it. They're just the Browns, (laughs) says uh, Schuster. (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger, though, 12-0 12-0 and 0 straight up in his career. Tomlin has owned these guys as well. And you know what? You got to give credit to Cleveland in a way. They've, they've dealt with a lot of crap and a lot of adversity, a lot of injuries. Odell Beckham's been out. And now it's too bad they get in their first playoff game in forever and they lose their head coach play caller, who really does make a big difference too, doesn't he? As you know, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like Alabama with Sarkeesian, it's like, yeah, don't worry, I got this, Skip. Like, yeah, we're good, Right. Like you said, Teddy, there's like, there's big variables here. Like you know what I mean? Stefanski was such a big key to this football team. Let's be real. Yes, but what do they do now when it comes to play calling? Because Pittsburgh doesn't know what they're going to see. So there may be an advantage for Cleveland having the nondescript play caller. Teddy covers. Time's always flying by, right, Teddy? We got a couple more minutes on the other side, and we appreciate your time. Wager talk, sports memo. <laughs> We'll crush in a couple of minutes of college football talk. Uh, I pressed uh, Dr. Chow today on Justin Fields. 
And, you know, he said Justin Fields is probably in a lot of pain right now, uh, but he'll play and he'll get shot up and uh, he'll be fine on Monday night. Sports Rage Late Night, we're shooting you up with rage right now. Bring it. Coming at you all day, every day, with more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to the source of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's the dumbest bet I ever heard of? I disagree. I disagree. The late night anger management class. I am a red seat, your rage. We're throwing it down. The legendary Teddy Covers. Great stuff uh, with Teddy uh, this evening. So, uh, Teddy, man, it's great stuff. Uh, we could talk all night. I do appreciate your time. Uh, but let's squeeze in a couple of minutes here on the college football championship game. Tough spot right now, isn't it, though? I'm um, trying to figure out what, what exactly is going on with Justin Fields. You know, how bad is the COVID situation uh, with Ohio State uh, right now? Um, I do think Fields is going to play. Dr. Chow said he thinks he's going to play. Total 74 and a half, and the point spread is uh, 7 and a half right now, Teddy. What's your your feeling about uh, this game? We saw Florida put some points up on the board. You know, one quick stat, Teddy, I saw, I thought it was interesting, that Clemson had the number one defensive uh, efficiency ranked in, in the country in college football. Alabama has the 23rd. Can Ohio State go up and down the field on these guys and make it a game, Petty? I don't know. I haven't bet it. I don't know that I'm going to bet it. Uh, I have very mixed feelings on this game. I'm in no rush to step in front of the best team in college football, and Alabama is the best team in college football. And if they get waddled back, I mean, how much better – you know, you're, you're obviously returning the you know the single best playmaker in all of college football back on the field. Um, that's a significant addition uh, for Alabama. And certainly, when we saw Ohio State throughout the course of the campaign, there was vulnerability there. You know, Fields made mistakes against good defenses, and the Buckeyes' defense, sh- yeah, showed a lot of vulnerability <laughs> uh, at various times. But we've seen Ohio State pull off back-to-back upsets to win national titles before, and yet I'm in no rush to, uh, to look at Alabama and saying this is a team I want to fade. Probably Bama or pass for me. Teddy, get more Teddy covers over at sportsmemo.com, Wager Talk TV, great videos, uh, great uh, website, follow him on Twitter, of course. Teddy, Happy New Year, Teddy. Always a pleasure, my man. Cheers, Gabe. Good night. Teddy. Bring it. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? (laughs) You do you, bro. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.